0: Welcome to the Globig podcast, where we talk to international expansion experts from around the world to make it faster and easier for you to take your business global. Hello, I'm Anka Corbin, the founder and CEO of Globig. Today's hot topic is all about the gig economy and the impact on human resources. This is part two of this series where we've been exploring the gig economy and how it impacts HR departments around the world. And we're gonna focus today on liability and regulatory issues that are important for businesses to be aware of. But make sure that you go back and listen to part one also where we really give the bigger picture of what the gig economy is and um, kind of the bigger impact on those HR departments. Our guest is Adam Sheffield. Adam is the president of Global PEO Services. Global PEO Services helps companies hire employees fast without having to set up legal entities in foreign jurisdictions, and they deal with the related HR, benefit, payroll tax, and accounting issues. Adam, welcome again to the Globig Podcast.
1: Yeah, Anke, thank you for having me back.
0: Absolutely, we want to finish this really cool conversation, so, Gig economy. I have obviously a hot topic and, and a hot topic in the sense that totally. it's both really great and there's all these opportunities. And then there's the big liability and regulatory issues that are there. Mm-hmm. What are companies having to deal with when we're talking about the gig economy?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the challenges that companies face when they look at liability and compliance and those type of things when it comes to gig employees is just that um, first of all they, they need to look at if they're looking domestically in the u.s they need to make sure that they have good tracking and um visibility of who those employees are and where they live but internationally i think i think this is where companies really stumble um, you know they they have a tendency to apply u.s law to the globe um, you know we've seen you know, companies try to hire contractors in multiple different countries and wire money to them. Um, right. And treat that, them like employees, the right? Yeah. <laughs> and treat them like employees and act like we're good. No, that, that's not good. And you can't do that. Uh, there's different laws in each one of these countries. So it's, it's important that you understand what that looks like. Um, and, and one of the things that we are seeing that, you know, some of the governments are realizing that this is, exists. Um, and they're starting to allow you know, organizations such as ourselves, a global PEO type of company that can go in and, and be a co-employee, a co-employer for, for your gig employee. Um, so they would be able to, we would become the employer record. And I think that's important. And we make sure that you're compliant and, and all those taxes and regulations are paid for correctly. So we're starting to see that trend to open up um, to be able to hire these gig employees internationally.
0: So in the last podcast, we talked a little bit about how this is because there are unique rules and different ways of documenting things. It's putting a pretty big burden on HR departments and I guess even accounting departments, right, that weren't really prepared for this. So how are they managing through this and what are some things that they should be considering to do this better for them?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting that you would ask that question because I've seen many different HR departments and they function differently. Um, I will tell you that if you're running your HR department like it was 10 years ago, you're probably in a hurt um, as far as how to deal with these gig employees. You know, in fact, I had uh, one client that we were working with. They said, the HR department, head of HR says, you know, it's really driving me crazy because we're hiring these employees, these gig employees um all over the world, and I'm the last one to find out and we're trying to pay them, and we don't even have the proper you know entity created or the proper you know ability to do this and they're the last ones to find out um so it has been a burden but but I will tell you that we're starting to see a shift, and it's been happening for years that you know, the gig economy really is even driving it more. You're starting to see these HR, our HR departments become much more strategic in an organization. You're hearing terms of chief people officers, for example, those type of roles that are really strategic in their approach. And so they're not the last ones to, to, to find out. They're actually kind of leading the conversation um, in these type of companies. And, and good for them, right? Because they're able to capture some very, very talented individuals to be applied to their projects and their companies um, just in time and just when they need them. Um, so that is what we're seeing is that kind of trend. And, and I think that the HR departments will continue to move more strategically and align themselves better with the vision of the organization. Because um, if they're not, it's really difficult for them.
0: Well, especially, I think, Because tech employees, creative employees are such a critical resource and they're just being, you know, there's so much competition and they're being fought over and it just puts this really great responsibility and also opportunity on the HR professionals and then the gig economy on top of that with entirely new ways of employing people. It's It's a new world, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it it certainly is. And, you know, you you talk specifically about, you know, technology employees and those type of things. I mean, it's important that they're able to recruit and retain these employees. And a lot of times, though, if they do it right, they can utilize the gig economy to kind of help them find the best and hopefully bring some of them in. Right. right? Uh, Because these circles are small. And and if they see that some of these people are starting to land in an organization, Wow, what a a feather in the cap for them and that HR department.
0: Absolutely. Do you think, though, that are you seeing governments trying to figure this out? Are there some that are far ahead and others that are just really struggling with this?
1: Yes. (laughs) To answer your question? Yes. (laughs) Uh, And the reason why I say yes to overall that statement is it really depends on the country. Um, Like we talked about earlier that... You know, the global marketplace is, is, is huge. There's the rising middle class in these countries that we've never, ever seen before in human history. And so globalization and the global marketplace is here, and it, it's great. It's a great time to be in business. And um, some of these governments are more competitive than others, right? They see this for what it is. Um, we are, though, seeing a trend of government starting to realize, like, wait a minute we have all these contract workers, A, isn't in compliance with our country laws today, so it doesn't make any sense, right? They're frustrated with you know, companies that are doing it that way. Um, and they're start, we're starting to see where they're a little bit more open to kind of the co-employment model or the employer of record model, which fits very nicely to the gig economy, to be able to hire employees through that organization without having to set up a business entity and go through the, the very expensive and time-consuming process of doing that because like I said earlier, some of these projects need to be done yesterday and they need the talent and they don't care where it is. And so it's important that they can you know, hire that person soon and now and get them on board and, and start to, to utilize their skills and services for their project that they needed in their organization.
0: Well, and oftentimes you see the only thing they really need is to hire those specialists or those folks they're not ready to build out a full office and and get all of the other pieces in place and frankly oftentimes in certain countries they may never be so it's really just a a smart way of getting those talented individuals you know into the company
1: yeah and and i will say i don't think governments will ever get to the point where they'll completely allow you know, the contract kind of 1099 um, kind of experience that happens in the US um, because the government really wants to have some type of visibility on really what those tax taxes need to be in that country um, and versus just relying on the employee to do that. So I, I definitely think there'll be, there's more of a, a leniency towards the co-employment model an employer of record model. Uh, because they know that they're going to get the statutory benefits and, and taxes paid properly and yet at the same time be nimble enough to allow the gig economy to thrive in their country and provide money back into their own economies.
0: So you've been mentioning governments. So so who are some of the more forward-thinking, which are some of the more forward-thinking countries and which are some of the ones that uh, have just a much stricter approach to this?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, it's, uh, you almost hate to say it. Um, I think the U.S. definitely has more of a forward thinking to some extent in some aspects of it. Um, I think, you know, countries like the U.K., um, Australia, they typically do. Canada, obviously. Um, I think, you know, a country like Brazil has been very challenged in this kind of aspect. However, they recently made some new laws that are now allowing this kind of co-employment to happen. And therefore, you know, some of their best employees now are moving co- towards that gig economy. Um, you know, they're, they're workers, which which is great because they're going to make um, an opportunity to work for some outside firms and to be able to provide some additional money back into their economies. Um, so it, it kind of, it. some people may look at it and say, oh, this country might not do contractors. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean they're not open to the gig economy. It just might be done a different way.
0: And I think that's really good for companies to know because sometimes they shy away when in fact they, they could actually do business that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, I'm a baseball fan and, you know, I, I, I when, you, when you, when you think about the business economy today, you definitely want to be on your forward foot, right? you you want to be able to sw- be ready to swing. Don't back away from the pitch this is the time to i mean this is a great time to be in business um not just in the u.s but internationally i mean it truly is a great time to to take advantage of these other markets that are out there
0: so proponents of this gig economy think all right this is a really fantastic way to get creative folks involved that want to not be a part of a company but what about you know who who stands to lose like why are why are you you know why is this so controversial why are there others that are really saying that this is kind of t- deteriorating if you will the um <laughs> the employment market yeah, for yeah. especially maybe those that are on the fringe like maybe those that are older or have um you know less that are less uh marketable and things like that
1: you know it's it's interesting that you say that you're kind of putting me on a hot seat a little bit um, with, with that question. I, I will tell you that I think there's been some traditional pressures, just, you know, kind of the tradition of, you know, working for an, a company, you know, the W2 employee for the you know 30 years. Right. And, you know, there, there are some, you know, heritage, you know, family kind of expectations. I think that sometimes fall on, on you know these millennials, these new workers that are coming out of colleges, that you know, listen, you spend all this money on college, you need to make sure that you go work for a big corporation, whatever the case might be, um, in, in that type of environment. And and I think though that you know with the with the likes of you know even like Lyft and uh, Uber and some of those things, they've brought awareness to um, they made it more popular, I guess, or open-minded to kind of the side gig or the you know the gig economy. And quite frankly, you know, there, there are many different ages that work at those type of companies. Um, you know, a lot of retired people are using those type of services. So that that kind of uh, pressure um, is starting to go away um, as it's becoming more prevalent. Like I said earlier on the earlier broadcast, you know, in the U.S., some people predicted it will be forty-three percent. Of the workforce by 2020, uh, and 34% of the of the workforce today is in the gig economy. So definitely, it's becoming uh, standard uh, to some extent. Um, I definitely think though that um, as far as who might you know, why is there so much? Why is it so controversial? Uh, There's organizations out there that I think love to be able to get their hands in that traditional, you know, employee model. Right, I, I definitely think that uh, you know unions and things like that, that. It can be difficult for them, you know, and I'm sure they'll adapt. And you know, these and, you know these gig employees will be able to unionize in different aspects as well. But, but I definitely think right now that's some of the initial pushback is, you know, from some of those traditional kind of um, work place environments.
0: Do you see companies where they're entire or a significant amount of their workforce is gig economy are you finding are there you know are there some unique challenges to that or is it really just the same challenges you'd find in any company
1: well i think i think that you'll you will you will see more companies use depending on the type of business that they are but i think that you'll see you know many companies be able to really understand on how to manage and to work in this environment and to grow their organization um, very kind of lean practices as far as the w two employees that they have as they utilize you know the gig employees that are out there um don't get me wrong, they'll be very competitive for those employees um and they'll be known within those circles of you know of the gig employees of you know what great benefits or whatever aspects that that company might bring, so they could thrive absolutely in that environment
0: you know one of the things you mentioned earlier and I thought that was really interesting is is that even gig employees are being wooed with innovative benefits and interesting things. So in the future, we're probably going to see some really interesting hybrid models of what you would have traditionally thought was someone that was more inside the company. But those same things are available to gig workers as well.
1: Yeah, and you think about it, right? If you have a very talented gig employee... That has worked in multiple different organizations. Well, they're going to bring a skill set and an expertise that you might not be able to grow internally. And, and I think that's important. That that's why it's becoming so competitive. Why big corporations are saying, "Hey, hey, come come work for us on this project, right? Come work for us here, and and let's bring you in." It could be you know a six month project. It could be years. Um, but but certainly there's definitely that that kind of aspect to this.
0: Well, and I look at companies such as Globig where our approach is as well going into different markets. And as we grow, that is the right way for us to grow also to have, you know, gig economy workers and work with companies such as yours, because we're not going to be able to have full offices. We really just need some experts, you know, in each market and we're just too small to be able to support that.
1: No, you're exactly right. And you know, that expertise is where people need it and when they need it, and it doesn't matter what size company. It could be a small organization to large corporations, they're seeing the same same thing.
0: Absolutely. Um Adam, is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners that I haven't asked you about yet? Anything that we've missed that you think is important to cover as a part of this?
1: You know, I no, not not necessarily something that we missed, but I just want to emphasize the fact that don't shy away from this, right? Embrace it. Um, you know, don't do it alone. I think that's what companies <laughs> fall flat on their face, right? They try to think that they can, they know it all, and know the complexities across the globe. Don't don't try to do that alone. Um, but but definitely, you know, take advantage of this. Right? What a great time to be in business. Rising middle class across the globe. Great talented workforce that that are very nimble and agile, and you can use them when you need to. I mean, definitely embrace it. Don't shy away from it.
0: That's really great advice for us all to to remember. Adam, I want to thank you very much for joining us again on this second um, part of the series podcast. For all of you listeners, please tune in next time. Visit our website at globeek.co for your online international expansion headquarters where you'll just find an abundance of free resources, training, planning tools, awesome podcasts like this one, and introductions to vetted experts around the world. We want to wish you the best. Go global and go big.